walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Kyle, aka the hardest part of the ring. Back for another apron bump. And we got some. Progress action. Progress, progress. I feel like I'm too deep into saying progress to start calling it progress now, which I think is what people call it, but whatever the case may be. Progress chapter 13. What do you want? Progress. I think my cat, like literally, I start talking into this mic and then he thinks like that he needs to defend me from the mic? He's a stupid fucking idiot. I mean, his name's Dwayne. Stupid cat. I mean, I gave him the name, but he's still stupid fat piece of shit. Progress chapter 13. Unbelievable Jeff is the the title of this chapter. I'm sure you lads <laughs> across the pond, um, I'm sure you all understand the reference. Uh, Chris Kamara, I believe, is his name from Sky Sports. Is that a uh, is that his catchphrase? Is that is that a thing he does? Who knows? But he makes a cameo here in the beginning of this chapter, which is why it's titled that, I guess. But uh, I'm sure he's a big deal to some of you. But <laughs> my American listeners are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I don't know. I don't know either. So I'm right there with you. But uh, yeah, chapter thirteen. We're here in the. Uh, the mid-2014. The mid-2014. Why'd I say it like that? We're here in the middle of 2014. And uh, what's happening? Well, we got Jimmy Havoc as the progress champ. He's still cooking. He's still building up to this amazing reign that he has. The whole storyline with him expands in this chapter. How does it expand? Well, you'll hear about it in the episode. But... uh. Let's just say he's building himself a bit of a faction, huh? We get some uh, major storyline implications, and uh, one character that we've seen a lot thus far in progress makes a, uh, a huge character change. And that all plays into the main event and uh, another match on this show. But other than that, we also see two major stars in terms of today make their debut on this chapter. I'll just, I'll just say who they are. One of them is Pete Dunn, and a very fresh-faced, very different-looking Pete Dunn. I'll probably post it on social media what he looks like, but 
let's just say he is not the uh, the bruiser weight. He is more like a loser weight, huh? <laughs> who's who's with me? Um, no, he'd probably still kick my ass, but he looks like a punk ass dickhead in this chapter. And then the second gentleman that we see, Finn Balor, oh, man. And I was like, isn't he isn't he already in NXT at this point? But apparently, this is two months before he debuts, so. It's pretty much the Finn that we see today is what we see here in Progress Chapter 13. Obviously, at this point, he's a huge name in Japan and Mexico and the UK. And he's about to ship off to Boston. He's about to ship off to the USA. Um, so we get to see Finn Balor here face Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Let's <laughs> look at that on paper. And it's certainly a banger. So. Check that out. I think it's on YouTube somewhere for free. Prince Devitt versus Zack Sabre Jr. from Progress Chapter 13. But other than that, we see uh, we see Will Ospreay. We see Malachi Black. Lots of big names in this chapter. And, of course, a crazy ladder match in the main event for the title. So lots of big happenings on this show. And as I'm watching this, man, I'm getting the same feeling that I got when I was watching Ring of Honor, like in the mid 2000s. Just so much fun. Like, it seems like I'm trying to, like, sell you guys on it, like they're paying me or something, but they're really not. It's just genuinely great wrestling. Like, I, dem- I demand progress is the, is the service I use. It's like $8 a month. If you have, if you have the disposable income... It's, I highly recommend it. It's just such an easy watch every chapter. And you get to see a lot of these guys in their early stages of their career. And, and in some cases, more hungry than they are now. So great stuff here. Lots of great wrestling on this show. And to join me, as if that all wasn't enough, the guest that I have on this episode is a guy who has wrestled a number of these guys. I think he still has... a. Uh, Alistair uh, Malachi Black, I think he still has his footprint on his face from getting a black mass. We got Shady Natris joining the Apron Bump for this episode to review this show. Shady's been wrestling for about 20 years now all over the world. Uh, Has a lot of experience, like I said, first-hand experience with some of the people on this episode, but people like Ricochet... And uh, like a tons of other names that he, I think he lists on this episode. So lots of experience with a variety of different opponents. Paul London, guys like that. So it's great to have him. Lots of insight on uh, progress as a company, uh, the wrestlers involved and all of that stuff. So you may have seen Shady a lot on social media. He's very, uh, very active on Twitter. Just a very positive, positive dude. Loves to help other wrestlers and Really anyone in the wrestling business, podcasters like myself, just a really good dude and really likes to uh, expand his reach to try to help himself improve and, like I said, to help others as well. Um, And that's evidenced by his work with Target Wrestling, which is the uh, main promotion that he's involved in, Uh, not only as a great performer there, but as a trainer. Uh, I think he has a hand in the creative and stuff like that, Uh, but he's a big part of Target Wrestling. And they do a lot. They've had a lot of good names, a lot of big names come through. And uh, yeah, go check them out on Twitter, by the way, at Target Wrestling. 
and check Shady out at Shady Natris. So they make it really easy for you. Uh, all that in the description of the podcast as well. But uh, give Shady a follow. Give Target Wrestling a follow. And uh, it was really fun having Shady on. He was able to pr- provide a lot of insight on uh, a lot of these guys. Even some guys, even some negative stuff too, which uh, I did not expect. But I was more than happy to get his insight on um Certain people that he does not uh, really appreciate in the wrestling business, but uh, or at least he's just not a fan of. I don't want to say he like hates the guys, but uh, I mean, he does hate Pete Dunn, but we'll get into that in the episode. <laughs> uh, let's get right into it, man. Progress chapter 13 with myself and UK wrestling veteran Shady Natris. Yeah, so um, well, I guess before we get into uh, the show itself, so your your main uh, you've, you've probably made the biggest name for yourself in uh, Target Wrestling, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess um, as it relates to Progress, have you guys uh, done any collaboration of any sort with Progress, or have you had guys like come in and out? Well, I've I've worked with a number of the people on on the show yeah. itself. So um, yeah, I've actually like, had matches myself with them. So. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there's been a few, uh, a few crossovers over the years. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, it's good to know. So you could properly bury them is what you're saying when we get into the matches. <laughs> like the only thing, the only issue that I was wondering what the, uh, the best thing about it is the, the whole speaking out. Right. Because there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of prominent players on this show that, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, a lot of people don't even want to uh, come on and talk about it because, you know, they'd be too distracted by it, which I get for sure. It's, but for me, it's, for me, it's not an issue because at the end of the day, um, I've, I've worked with these people. I don't, don't agree with what they've done, but mm-hmm. it's, it, it never really affected me. So. Yeah. I feel like you can compartmentalize like what you're watching on the screen versus the person that they are. You can kind of separate the two. Yeah. Like, uh, like me personally, I could still watch Chris Benoit matches, you know? So yeah. if I feel, I feel like if I could watch him, I can watch these people. Yeah. Not, not to diminish, you know what they did, but you know, I'd say <laughs> no, what Benoit did is a little worse. I do agree. Um, but yeah, outside of that, um, I guess just overall, we'll get into the individual matches and stuff like that. But overall, what were your uh, thoughts on the show? Or have you seen the show before, Chapter Thirteen? I, I think I have seen it before. Um, it was, it was. That was when that was probably the time when I was a bigger fan of Progress. It yeah. was uh, for me. It was better back then, um, because I think the the wrestlers were trying to still make Progress's name. Right. So rather than just, it kind of evolved into, hey, we're progress, we're cool. Right. They kind of just rested on that rather than they lost yeah. the hunger, you're saying? Yeah. 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 Cause I was, um, a big, I was big into Ring of Honor growing up here in the States and they kind of went through a similar thing where early on, I mean, the, the WWE roster and a lot of AEW too is filled with guys that made their name in Ring of Honor. Um, yeah. I think at a certain point they got two, you know, they got some TV deals. They got all that when stuff. Look, when they look the lights off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I, I guess you're not the first, you're, you're not the first one to, to mention how progress kind of went through a similar thing, but, uh, 
but yeah, this is my first time. I'm, I'm, you know, chronologically going through everything. So I'll try to enjoy it while I can, I guess is what you're saying. But yeah, man, just dive in right into the show. So can, can you explain to me who this gentleman is that, so I think, is it Chris Kamara? <laughs> okay. Chris, Chris Kamara used to be a soccer player and he became mm-hmm. a manager and then he became a TV pundit. Right, for Sky Sports, correct? Sky Sports, yes. Okay. So he'd, he'd like, um, be watching games and then they'd, they'd, like, go from the studio to him who was at the football match and he'd be trying to tell the people in the studio what was happening without actually there being any footage shown. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a big name over there is what you're telling me. I wouldn't even say he's a big name. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he was presented like a big deal. I was like, man, I should know who this lad is, but I do not. It's, it's a case of um, a lot of, obviously, soccer's a, a big thing over here. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people on a on a Saturday come about three o'clock, is, three in the afternoon is your, is your kickoff time. Right. So if you watch Sky Sports News, they have a studio show where all the results come in. Yeah. So they have they have like um the full the full games um playing and um as I say the scores come in every time somebody scores a goal it comes up. So right. uh, like lots and lots of people watch it. So if if you were a football fan, a soccer fan, then it is a big kind of a big deal for wrestling. Right. Um like we we did it ourselves uh, target we we did a, a little promotional video with the Carlisle United manager who mm-hmm. used to play for like Manchester City um so it, it, for people in Carlisle it was a big deal but right. <laughs> anybody else it might might not have even been anything so 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 this is kind of like uh have you seen WrestleMania 11 I will have done yeah so this yeah. is kind of the equivalent of uh, Lawrence Taylor being in the main yeah. event of WrestleMania. Yeah. It's like the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I, I remember. I remember at the time we had no idea who Lawrence Taylor was, but right, he was against Bam Bam, so I, I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I bring it up because there's like a little skit in the beginning. It was kind of a whatever thing, but yeah. so that brings us to the first match. We have Rampage Brown versus Daryl Allen. And uh, the first thing I noticed right off the bat is the amazing energy from the crowd here in uh, Camden, London, in the electric ballroom. And this is the only their second show in that ballroom. They finally gotten out of that uh, the garage in Islington. So it just feels like a big deal just based off the aesthetics and the, the improved lighting, the better audio and stuff like that. And that really makes a difference here because you can really like you could feel the electricity in there. Um, in the electric ballroom electricity um i didn't mean to do that sorry uh <laughs> please don't leave but uh see so yeah, i got rampage versus daryl daryl allen uh to me this match just seemed like a match between a father and son <laughs> yeah I can, I can see that i can see that i think there was even like a are you his daddy chant or something like that <laughs> Who knows? But uh, it was it was a fun opener. Nothing uh, nothing too crazy. You have Rampage, the uh, obviously the bigger guy against Daryl Allen, the high flyer. I did like that dynamic. I thought Rampage was a great base for Daryl, and I think Daryl was a great uh, bumping machine for Rampage. Basically, yeah. uh, ultimately, Daryl goes for the dazzling twist 
but Rampage just grabs him by the head, throws him throat first into the middle rope, gives him a massive pile driver for the win. So Rampage wins, simple but effective. Uh, yeah, like I said, great opener. Right. For me, for me, Rampage Brown's the best UK heavyweight. Yeah. And uh, he's like, he's outstanding. He mm-hmm. he was actually over, he was actually signed to WWE for, I don't know how long he was there, but he was at FCW when that was the development. Oh, really? I didn't um, know that. And now he's, he's re-signed with NXT UK, so he's yes. he's got himself back signed again, which which is obviously... You know what I mean? Money talks and and everything. So if it's mm-hmm. best thing for him, um, and yeah, as I say, for me, one of the best best heavyweights in the UK, and uh, that pile driver is quite nasty. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've I've been on the receiving end a few times. Have you? In fact, the last time I, I, I wrestled him after he beat me with it, he then picked me up and did it several more times. Just because <laughs> I wanted him to. You wanted <laughs> so, him to. Yep. Fun ride, I, I guess, huh? Target wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so you have wrestled Rampage before. Have you wrestled uh, Daryl Allen before? No, I haven't. I, I don't think I've even uh, worked on a show with him before. But really? yeah, he's uh, he was uh, one of the trainers at one of the schools down in London, and uh, yeah, he seemed to seemed to do uh, do a good job. So yeah, it was a, it was a fun fun little opener. I think I think that's the sort of match you need to open a show. Mm-hmm. Just it's it's fancy enough to to get a a reaction, but not to like take away for anything else. Right. Yeah. And there's not too many storyline implications or anything too thought provoking. Yeah. It's just two guys wrestling, and I think that's that's a perfect way to set the tone. I think. Yeah. Definitely. Um. But after that, man, a little blast from the past here. So we got. <laughs> Natural progression series match. We have Robbie X versus Pete Dunn. Yeah. Ooh. I, I, I'm not familiar with Dynamite Pete Dunn. Are, are you at all? <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was it was a look. <laughs> it was something. He had uh what do you even call those capri pants? Oh yeah. I think over there it's just what everybody wears, right? With with the anchor on the on the side. <laughs> oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think he had gauges too in his ears. Yeah. What a uh man, what an angsty Pete Dunn we got here. <laughs> uh <laughs> but uh it's weird though, you know. You look at the people on the show, and maybe other than Prince Devitt, which we'll get to later, I think yeah. Pete Dunn's probably had the most success of all the guys on the show. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely agree. Um, yeah, I, 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 you can't really argue with uh, where he is now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm personally not a big fan. Why is that? Just, um, I don't know if it's just a disconnect with me with, um, I I don't see his stuff all making sense always, considering he's meant to be uh, so like technically gifted, which he is. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that he's not, but, you have to have continuity like um when he was at pwg and he did did a tombstone on the on the outside mm-hmm. and he doesn't wear knee pads right yeah probably not the <laughs> smartest <laughs> no, and, and he didn't like there was no reaction to it and for me yeah. that's that's the little details that 
that I look for. And mm-hmm. I think he, uh, as I was saying earlier about progress and their um, kind of getting swept away with themselves, mm-hmm. I think a lot of Pete Dunne got caught up with that. Yeah. So I think as he, as good as he is, I think he comes across bigger because of the way that the people reacted at progress and mm-hmm. it it was made to be super special. And obviously with Pete Dunn as like the star of that, he too was shot through the through the roof. So Right. Yeah, so just, do, you, do you think he's kind of? Are you saying you think he's kind of coasting where he is now? Um, uh, possibly, possibly. But at the same time, when you're in that position in NXT, do they want you to do anything outrageous? Yeah, I think there's definitely a a WWE formula that everybody kind of falls into at some point eventually. Yeah. I would say I would say his definitely his run in NXT UK was very great. Um, ever since he's come to NXT US, I could I, I could kind of agree that he's maybe lost some momentum, but um, I, I still love watching his work uh, to this day. But that being said, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff in progress, so maybe I don't have all the context that you have. Some of some of the like some of some of the fine details that he does put in his matches are really good. So you know what I mean? It's 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 kind of just being picky, really, but um, right. But that's why I brought you on here. You 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 have the expertise, so <laughs> <laughs> pick away, pick away. <laughs> but yeah, Pete Dunn here, kind of um, like I said, a very different aesthetic. Shorter hair uh, has like you know, like I said, the jean kind of pants, but his style is pretty similar. He almost has more of. I think he's more like lucha inspired here than he is yeah. now. He was like he did the whole little. Spider-Man spot and the ropes yeah. that like uh like Andrade would do or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that <laughs> just watching that kind of seemed out of place for me, but um match gets underway. Uh well, I guess before that, Robbie X. Are you familiar with Robbie X at all? Yeah, I haven't I haven't worked with him, but um yeah, a really, really good quality uh uh cruiserweight style wrestler. Um mm-hmm. I always think that. When people first see Robbie come through the curtains, they don't realize how good he is. Yeah. And then once he wrestles, you you can you can make your decision then. Um yeah, I, I think I think he's really good. And I think uh I think now that the show in the UK are kind of coming back, I think he could like be a spearhead of a of a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, agreed for sure. Um, cause like I'm at, this is my first Robbie X match that I've seen and I wasn't really sold on just seeing him, but by the end of the match, I was, I was all in, uh, Pete Dunn hits a bitter end, like a few minutes into the match. I guess it's not his finisher at this point. Cause it only gets a two count. Uh, you have, they fight to the outside a little bit. Robbie hits a beautiful acai moonsault to the outside. Uh, <laughs> the crowd here is cracking me up. They're chanting red face. At Robbie. <laughs> the poor guy he just has this like red for whatever reason i don't know if that's just uh the ginger in him or whatever but uh he uh so 
the he I'm sorry, I almost called him red face there. Uh, Robbie <laughs> starts getting some offense in, but Pete Dunn cuts him off with a tombstone, like you mentioned. Uh, but I, I think he's wearing knee pads here, so don't, don't you don't get, don't you get worked up into a tizzy. He's wearing <laughs> knee pads. Um, Robbie hits a springboard cutter, which I think a few people on this show use. Yeah. Um, really fast paced stretch at the end here. Pete ends up winning when uh, Robbie goes for a moonsault. Pete Dunn gets his knees up, and then he channels his inner Dean Malenko with a uh, tiger power bomb followed by a Texas cloverleaf for a uh, England cloverleaf, I guess, wherever he's from. <laughs> which, uh, I think early, which I think earlier on in the match, he kind of botches, doesn't he? Yeah, he like just slips and he, he loses yeah, his legs he a little have bit. Yeah, he doesn't properly. But... Ah, he's young. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a singlet yet. Nothing matters until <laughs> he gets a singlet. Uh, but yeah, really good match here, I thought. What about you? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, that's it's the sort of match that I am a fan of. Bit bit fast paced, but then tells a good story in it as well. Yeah, you know, other than your hatred for Pete Dunne, you know, other than that, <laughs> that'll be the clickbait headline. <laughs> she not just buries Pete Dunne. <laughs> oh man, but uh, so after that we get a little something different. Some two bigger lads. We got Eddie Dennis versus Michael Gilbert. No, other, otherwise known as no gimmicks required, Michael Gilbert, apparently. So there's another guy I'm not too familiar with. Uh, are you familiar with Michael Gilbert at all? Very much so. He was actually, uh, one, I've worked with him a few times, and he was actually uh, in my first ever match back in uh, 2001. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And the reason, the reason why he has this no gimmick character is it was a progress only deal. Because really? normally he wrestles with Mikey Whiplash. Okay. Um, gotcha. And uh, the, he, he'd he often wear, like, the, the face paint, and he teamed with Tommy End and Dante in ICW. Um, right. But, like, an outstanding worker. Um, really, really good. I think, uh, I think he had um, ruffled a few feathers backstage in a few companies, um, yeah. earlier in his career and i think that kind of uh put a halt to any real progress he was making and then he kind of just went his his way he kind of went well i'll do what, what how i want to do wrestling yeah which kind of leads to him as i say wrestling as he does um on this show uh, mm-hmm. but yeah tech really technically sound and for the size of him um he's one of one of the best workers i've been in the ring with really yeah 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 because i'd never heard of him but like 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 robbie x i mean i was kind of sold on him by the end of this it was almost like a bigger version of dean malenko yeah. um maybe it's just because i just saw texas cloverleaf maybe that's because i was saying <laughs> that but <laughs> but uh he's facing eddie dennis here and eddie is i don't know how much you follow uh nxt uk but it's, yeah. it's funny seeing Eddie here as like the comedy guy versus where he is now, where he's like dead, ice cold, serious. Uh, I think I think his his current uh, persona fits him so much better. I agree. Um, yeah, uh, like this this um, almost comedy style didn't it, it didn't do anything for me personally. You didn't like um, Eddie Mysterio Jr. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not from. 
on say it was it was a a, a quiet uh, Sunday afternoon show in front of families. Mm-hmm. I think it would have worked brilliantly. Yeah, but in front of the super cool progress fans. For me, it didn't. I don't think it was needed. Right. When when Eddie can work. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But I mean, that whole crowd's probably hammered, so they'll pop for everything. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> but I agree. I think Eddie Dennis, he has like a, uh, uh, I guess like a sliminess to him, where it like makes his very creepy, not creepy. I guess it's like sleazy. Sleazy. I think it's, that's a better word. And he's very articulate too, and it works yeah. really well for him what he's doing now. Because he was a school teacher, I think. Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> but. Uh, so this match here, a lot of it is, uh, so Eddie Dennis, he starts off, he grabs the mic. He's basically, he's, it's the, the funny guy versus the serious guy of this match. Uh, Eddie Dennis says, uh, Michael Gilbert doesn't like his alter ego. I guess Michael said something in a promo earlier or on, online or something. So this prompts Eddie Dennis to whip out a Rey Mysterio mask and put it on. Hence, Eddie Mysterio Jr. <laughs> good shit, pal. It's such good shit. Um, but Michael it just pisses Michael Gilbert off. He says he wants to be serious. Uh, but the crowd is not helping him because Michael Gilbert gets control. He has various submissions on him. And they're just chanting, Gilbert, Gilbert. <laughs> God, this crowd's killing me, man. But... um. Eventually, Gilbert rips off Eddie Dennis's mask. It's a huge heat, huge heat with the people there in, in London. Uh, Michael Gilbert puts on an STF, to which the crowd responds by chanting John Cena's theme song. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's like, that's, that's not what Michael wants. He's, he wants to be serious <laughs> after all. But eventually, after some heat, Gilbert puts, on, puts the mask back onto Eddie and he's like, uh, you want to be a funny man, huh? Which, big mistake, because this allows Eddie to channel Rey Mysterio, gives him a uh, tilt-a-whirl head scissors into the ropes, and the worst 619, <laughs> uh, I think it's not even a six, it's like a six that he gives him. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, doesn't even, he, like, doesn't, he, like, yeah. <laughs> he, like, swings one leg through and hits him with a knee. Um, but that brings us to the finish. Eddie Dennis goes for his last stop driver. Eddie, uh, Michael Gilbert reverses. Dennis reverses into an O'Connor roll, but then Gilbert counters very smoothly into a prawn hold for the win. Uh, I really like the finish. I think it was really, uh, like I said, it was very smooth and it kind of gave, it, it made it like sucked the air out of the crowd in a good way. I thought it gave a lot of heat to Michael Gilbert here. No, I agree. I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I do think it was it was smoothly done, and I don't think anybody expected it to be a finish. Yeah, which is sometimes the best way to go, especially with the with the heel going over. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if I was a good finish. Yeah, especially because this is Gilbert's debut in progress, and I don't know if anybody was necessarily expecting him to win here either. Yeah, which, uh, like you said, adds to the unpredictability about it. But uh, so that brings us. A little change of pace here. We got a number one contenders four-way elimination tag team match. And this is to uh, crown the number one contenders for the Progress Championship. So we got the London Riots versus Project Ego 
versus Screw Indie Wrestling versus the Swords of Essex. Um, and Screw Indie Wrestling, by the way, the graphic had Mark Haskins and Nathan Cruz, but I guess I'm, I'm assuming Nathan Cruz got some sort of injury or something. He's not on the show. So they replaced yeah, yeah. him here with uh, Shaw Samuels. So yeah, a lot, a lot of guys here, a lot of guys that have gone on to make big names for themselves in progress and elsewhere. Uh, pretty much a, a very chaotic kind of match. So what were your overall thoughts on this match? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a, a really good match. Kind of show, managed to showcase a bit of everybody, which especially in a four-way tag team match can can be pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. But um, you did have some top quality workers in there. So um, yeah, it was... It was it was an enjoyable match. Um, yeah, I'd say it's there's nothing worse than than seeing a four way tag team match and kind of feeling like somebody missed out. <laughs> but I think everybody got kind of got a fair turn in this match. So yeah, that right. was good. Yeah, and you know, just to bring up Ring of Honor again, I've been watching some older shows recently, and I noticed that in you know their the first couple of shows they would open up with a match like this, just like a, a tag match with a ton of people in it, just to kind of, it feels like just to show off all the fancy moves, uh, yeah. to get everybody involved for a lot of, you know, tag team maneuvers, a lot of dives to the outside and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, would you agree that that's probably what, what the intent was with this match? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. I think, um, and I think because it was, they'd made it a number one contender match. I think it was, it was a good way to kind of um, add a few more teams to the division, right? Rather than have a proper like a tag match with a number one contendership, because as far as some people might know, there's there's only three teams in the division. But yeah. by having a four way, you've you've add, added some more teams into the mix, right? So I think that could have been a reason behind it. Right, absolutely. Do you guys at Target Wrestling ever just throw a bunch of guys in the ring just just for like a chaotic opener or something like that? Not really. No, it's um, it's very rare we have a um, anything more than four men in there. Um, We've had a a couple of six man tags. Um, I know I've been involved in a couple with uh, with people like uh, Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch, which have uh, yeah. Provided a, a few uh, high risk maneuvers and things like that, which you kind of expect <laughs> from them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's we we kind of if we we want to showcase more individuals rather than um, spectacles in in mm. target wrestling. Which I think once you've kind of showcased the wrestlers, you can once they're over with the crowd, then deliver the the moments. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. Each each company has their own kind of uh, way of doing things on this. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, this match here, the riots have a ton of heat at this point. It's a fuck you riots chant, like all throughout the match. Um, About five minutes into the match, everybody gets into the ring at once. They all start brawling, uh, breaks to the outside. Project Ego launches Paul Robinson like a double hip toss outside onto everybody. Uh, they follow it up with doing stereo dives to the outside. Uh, then Will Ospreay, a very young Will Ospreay, gets to the top rope and does a corkscrew senton onto all of them. Just the, you know, lots of dives, lots of chaos. 
Um, but eventually, so it's an elimination match. And eventually both the teams of Screw Indie Wrestling and Project Ego get counted out. So I think that's kind of, they're going to break off and have their own feud. And then you're going to have the title uh, feud. So definitely breathing some life. For me, for me, that was disappointing because out of all them teams, them two were the two teams that uh, I was kind of rooting for. Uh, right. A big one of both of them teams. Yeah. The rest of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that just leaves Swords of Essex which is a team of Will Ospreay and uh, Paul Robinson and uh, the London Riots. So uh, Ospreay hits a double springboard Pele onto one of the Riots. He goes to make the tag to Paul Robinson, but that goddamn Paul Robinson pulls his hand away, hops off the apron, and walks out on his tag team partner. My goodness. they uh, I knew something was up when, I, when he showed up with a shaved head. Paul Robinson. I was like, this man cannot be trusted because he, Paul Robinson is one of the guys that I've like become a quick fan of in my watching of progress. I mean, just such a, an exciting dude in the ring, but everyone's been telling me his character takes a dramatic change. And I guess this is kind of like the, the start of it. Um, Robinson and Osprey teased tension at the last chapter. And I guess it's kind of a, the beginning, like the big spark here. So Paul's out leaving Osprey alone to face the London riots by himself uh, the riots hit the district line powerbomb on Osprey, but unbelievably kicks out at two. Will Osprey hits the double os cutter for two. Uh, really good false finishes here at the end. But ultimately, Osprey, as he's fighting back, James Davis just catapults him into Rob Lynch, who hits him with a spear out of midair for the win. So the London riots win here and are the new number one contenders for the uh, the broken shield that progress has for their titles uh yeah any other thoughts on this match no i thought i thought the finish worked really well um and yeah as you say because of them uh the, the way that they did the the false finishes i think it built up to um hitting that big spear and he caught it perfectly so yeah it looked it looked really good finish yeah the have you had any experience wrestling i feel like i keep asking you this but have you keep had have you had any experience wrestling the london riots no, I, I didn't, um, and they're not on the go anymore. Um, yeah, Sha Samuels, I've, I've been on shows with him. He he was a big, uh, he was heavyweight champion at Tiger Wrestling for a while. Um, oh yeah. So was Martin Kirby out of Project Ego. Awesome. Um, Kirby's someone I've worked with a lot, and he um, he's unfortunately he's retired now. Um, mm-hmm. But he he was for me one of the best all round workers in the country, and. Um, he even managed to get a little run at Dragon Gate before he finished, which uh, was a dream come true for him. So yeah, and I'm sure. Travis, it's a shame that he passed because he would have been signed before anybody else in the UK, as far as I was concerned. Yeah, um, yeah, it was uh, it's some some good uh, good workers in that match. So fun. Absolutely, yeah. Project, yeah, like you said, just a shame about Chris Travis. I thought that team was so charismatic. I thought the sky was the limit for those two, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a shame. But uh, seemed like they're building up to something here with Paul Robinson, and we are not done with that lad here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that brings us to our next match. We have El Ligero versus Malaki Black. <laughs> is, that, is that how you pronounce it? His AEW name? Malachi. Mal- Malachi Malaki. We'll, we'll look at me. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess 
first of all, what are your thoughts on uh, on Tommy N debuting with AEW? Um, I I thought it was it was good. I I, I enjoyed it. Um, the only my only issue is he's going straight in with Cody, mm. which um, I think Cody's seems to be in his own little AEW world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's you're kind of missing some potential money matches that people would be wanting to uh, pay pay per view prices for. Right. Because I don't think Cody is that match. But I don't know. It's not um it's not up to me to decide that. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and like the issue the issue people have with him carrying on his uh eye gimmick that he's, <laughs> he's got going. It it doesn't take anything away from me. Um I'm more than happy for wrestlers to have enough time and effort to give themselves a backstory that's mm-hmm. it doesn't involve a certain promotion wrestler you know what i mean he, he can now do any show working that same gimmick yep so i i'm i'm okay with that for me um it it, it do you know I mean he can do whatever he wants with it now so i think um yeah i think it, it's going to add something more than just Tommy Endu kicks people with some cool tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's kind of what he was missing in his like initial run with the main roster is like, like he said, he was a cool guy with tattoos. He rose up with from a, a casket or whatever at his entrance, kicks people, but that was about it. Well, um, like I, I think I actually think he, he lost his, I don't know if he was his character or just his edge or what, when he was in NXT because he worked at, um, that match with Velveteen Dream where he had to give him respect. But mm-hmm. he had to say his name, didn't he? Yeah. And then he, then Alistair Black beat him and then he said his name. Mm-hmm. So why have a match? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, that, that's I love that match. I'm, I'm not going to shit on that match, but... but then, then it gets, it gets, it gets to the end and you, you've just lost his edge because he just gave... Gave him his saying his name anyway. I mean, I think it was fine considering he won the match. You know, I think it was more of building up Velveteen Dream rather than losing his edge. And, and for for me, that would be fine. But I think Alistair Black hadn't. You know, I mean, if you if you're gonna go all in with a character and give him the entrance and mm-hmm. everything, you have to follow through with it. And I think I think the the. It's happening right now with Karrion Cross. Right. You, yeah. uh, you, you've got to go somewhere with it. Um, unfortunately, I think the uh, WWE will always rely on um, Undertaker character. But mm-hmm. that was in the 90s. <laughs> and, and today, <laughs> I would argue that's very oversaturated with that type of yeah. character. And do you mean if? If you had no Undertaker and he started now, he wouldn't be what we know as the Undertaker. Right. So no, for sure. As I say, I think I think you, you're starting off with a disconnect right away. But um yeah, Tom Tommy's outstanding, he's such a good worker. Mm. And um that black mass is lethal. Like I've he I had footprint on my head. 
Oh, so you've it, taken that? Yeah. Um, actually, the first the first time I wrestled Tommy, it was um, my girlfriend was was due our daughter, uh-huh. and we we were about an hour away from our hometown, and I couldn't concentrate on the on the match because it's like I really hope. She doesn't start start yeah. going into labor while the match is oh, on. Oh no! And then so we had this match, and then yeah, he, he hits with that roundhouse kick, and it looks beautiful, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Right. <laughs> it almost looks real because it yeah. is. <laughs> and and the the second match actually was myself, Tommy, and Martin Kerber in a three way match. Wow! And that was that was fun. Yeah. That sounds so, like a banger. That sounds awesome. Um, and this match in its own right was pretty good here versus uh Leggero. Um, very, a solid match, you know, nothing to uh, nothing that really overshadowed anything else that was on this show. Like you said, he hits the black mass in this match, but just kind of like in the middle, you know, yeah. it, I don't think it was his finisher at this point because he hits Leggero as he's going for like a springboard. Leggero is, but then he catches him in midair with a black mask, which looked beautiful. Even, even followed it up with a brain buster, but only for a two count. Um, Tommy goes for the double stop off the top rope, which I think is his finisher at this point, but he misses. Uh, he then goes for a lion salt, but Leggero catches him with a cutter. Um, Leggero goes for the cover, but then somebody pulls him out from the outside and as I was watching this, I could not tell who it is, but I looked it up after, and I guess it was Michael Gilbert. Yeah. Um, so I guess they're starting some sort of uh, feud there between Legero and Gilbert. Not sure what the backstory is, um, if they've had history in other promotions or whatever it is, but uh, Michael Gilbert pulls out Legero, and this disqualifies uh, Tommy End and gives Legero the win by TQ. But Legero urges Jim Smallman, who's ringside, to restart the match. Jim Smallman says, and I quote, fuck it, ring the bell. And then uh, <laughs> they immediately, you know, get into some roll-ups, but Tommy's able to catch Legero with a dragon sleeper. Legero taps out, and Tommy N gets the win here. Uh, like I said, solid match. And it seems like it uh, set up another feud with uh, Legero here. It was one of uh, one of the best Legero matches I've seen. Um, yeah, Legero was was someone who was everywhere on the British scene, mm-hmm. um, but I think a lot of because you see somebody a lot, it's hard for them to stand out as much. But I yeah. thought he, he did a solid job in this match, and and as I, as I said earlier, I don't know if Michael Gilbert and Tommy End were going to restart their their group. In oh, progress. okay. Yeah, that so would make sense. I'm not sure how uh, where that leads to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I I read something online after this because it, it wasn't on the uh, the video that I watched, but I guess uh, Michael Gilbert came in after the match and attacked Legero some more, gave him a DDT, beat him up some more, but that wasn't on the uh, the feed that I watched. But so it seems like more of a personal vendetta against Legero rather than teaming with Tommy N. But like you said, it could go either way. But yeah, really good match here. Uh, always love watching Tommy and wrestle. No matter what promotion he's in, he's one of my favorites going today for sure. Uh, but man, we got something coming up now. We got Zach Saber Jr. versus Prince Devitt, aka Finn Balor. For anybody listening that's unaware, 
uh, and not just Prince Devitt, Joker Prince Devitt. What do you think of his little get up here with the uh, the face paint, the 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 red lipstick, and the the jacket? He did, he did a number of them around mm-hmm. the UK, and it, it kind of it, it added something to him where people they wanted to come and see to see what his his paint was going to be. Yeah, which you know what I mean. If you can have somebody wanting to buy a ticket just because you put some face paint on. <laughs> yeah that's that's the start of a, of a good job for you yeah for sure i've seen a ton of stuff of his in japan where he'd be like spider-man or yeah. just other shit like that but uh eventually it's, at some point you gotta be like okay we gotta make people understand who i am rather than just kind of see me for the the paint job yeah um and eventually a transition as anybody that watches nxt knows to the demon who that would only get brought out for special occasions um so kind of like the early iterations of that kind of style from him here. Um, and I looked it up just to make sure, but this is like right before he debuts for NXT. This is only two months before. Mm. So this must be one of his last uh, matches on the indies here, which is uh, it's crazy to in hindsight. But uh, the bell rings. First, the crowd is just going bonkers for Devitt. I mean, he's at this point one of the, the biggest non-WWE wrestlers in the world. Uh, yeah. Made a huge name for himself in Japan and Mexico and elsewhere. Um, so the bell rings, which by the way, Devitt still has, he still has his like button up shirt and his vest on and his tie. I was like, is he going to wrestle the whole match like this? But he eventually <laughs> takes it off. Um, like an IRS or something in this bitch, but bell rings and immediately Prince Devin gets shot out of a cannon hits uh, Zack Sabre Jr. With a shotgun drop kit and drop kick into the corner followed by a coup de gras double stomp from the top rope. And at that point I was like, this can't be it. They're not going to just go bring them here for a five second match. Uh, it was, it was a, a two count ultimately. Um, you have Zach getting controlled, doing his ZSJ thing. Lots of beautiful chain wrestling. Debit fights back. They make their way to the outside. Uh, Devitt pulls out a chair I guess it's no DQ. Um, they're not going to disqualify Prince Devitt for in progress, you know? Uh, so he hits Zach in the gut with it, sets the chair up, sits Zach down on the chair and does a running drop kick and knocks him like halfway into the crowd. Uh, just looks beautiful. I don't know. I don't know why I liked what, how it looked, but it did. Um, back in the ring, you have, uh, I keep wanting to call him Finn Balor. You have uh, yeah. Prince Devitt uh, hitting the bloody Sunday on, uh, onto Zach for a two count. Zach hits uh, a couple suplexes, a PK. He keeps trying to lock in the arm bar, but Finn keeps, uh, or Prince keeps reaching for the ropes. Um, towards the end, Devitt hits Zach Sabre Jr. with a lariat followed by a coup de gras. And then the 1916, I don't know if that's what he was calling it here, but that's what it was. Uh, and that gives Devitt the win. So Prince Devitt comes into progress, beats Zack Sabre Jr. in a really good match. What were your thoughts yeah. on that? You, you, you kind of knew it was going to be uh, something special when uh, you see oh, yeah. two names on the paper. Um, and yeah, it, it delivered as far as I was concerned. Um, and I think... I think even now, I, I don't think people realize how good uh, Devitt is. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I don't know if it's a case of now he he can he only wrestles what he needs to. Not a case of him being being stale or anything. It's just mm-hmm. um, I, you never know uh, how much they're allowed uh, off the reins. Yeah, so, um, but like especially this time, like when he was just before NXT he was. Uh, he was working everybody in every style and mm-hmm. he just got better and better in the ring. I think uh, I think a lot of people um dislike the the WWE style. But right. for me for me it adds polish to it. Mm-hmm. And I think uh David's definitely uh, got that polish that he needed to to make him an even better worker. Right. Yeah, I would say his his run on the main roster kind of as as a lot of people do, they kind of fall into a formula and maybe become a little complacent. I mean not complacent, but they just, you know, like you said, they only have so many reigns um yeah. to go off of. But ever since he's come back to NXT, they're a little bit more lax over there. So I I like the kind of path he's taken. Like you said, he got that polish, but now he's back to where he can kind of showcase that polish as well as his his stuff that he's learned all around the world. And 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 the other thing now is, um, it's the perfect place to do it because you if you you have these less experienced workers at NXT, and now they yeah. get to work with somebody who's been main roster, and is as good as uh, Devitt Baller is, um, it's only going to improve them. And mm-hmm. I think that, um, for me, that's what the uh, the independent scenes miss at the moment. Yeah. Yes, there's more places to work, but because you're not getting, I mean, how how many in the early two thousands of the the AJ Styles and your your Daniel Bryan and everybody, they'll have got a chance to work with extra WWE names regularly, just mm-hmm. on independent shows. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's for me, that's key to to being next level. Um, right. Yeah, it was like, as I said, Bala's unreal. Right. Yeah, like a lack of uh, experienced kind of centerpieces to build off of on the indies. I, I could definitely see that, especially how, how with NXT UK and how they're kind of yanking everybody. I could definitely yeah. see that. Um, yeah, as I said, I think uh, if you if you work with, with somebody um, that's been on the on WWE main roster, they're going to be able to tell you things that even people on NXT won't be able to mm-hmm. because they haven't experienced that um, bit yet or or haven't um, got in a pattern of doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's like one of, for me, what being able to work with like ex-WWE wrestlers, it's, you, you pick up little things that... Um, right you don't even realize that you've you've maybe done in the match or not done um mm-hmm. whether it's positioning or you know I mean footwork things like that that um you don't realize on the independent scene because you don't have to right so yeah it's it's a different different class right yeah for sure for sure um but yeah awesome stuff there like you said you put those two guys on paper you know it's going to be something special um, but that brings us to the main events. We have the progress staff on the line. 
the first ever ladder match in progress history. The champion Jimmy Havoc defending against Mark Andrews. Who? So are you uh, are you familiar with the backstory and how we've kind of gotten to this match? Um, a, a bit of it. Um, but um, on like the thing with Jimmy Havoc in progress is a lot of his story all kind of seem to blend into the same. So it's, right. it's always hard to, to position the timing of it. Yeah, because basically we're, we're pretty much at the beginning of his kind of reign of terror here. We had Mark Andrews be, he won the first natural progression series. He won a chance at the champion who at the time was Rampage Brown. So he challenged Rampage, beat Rampage, but then Jimmy Havoc came out right after the match. And I guess he had some sort of clause in his contract to uh, grant him a title match whenever he wants. So he basically uh, picked the bones of Mark Andrews, threatened to light him on fire. That was a bit excessive. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, Jimmy Havoc beat Mark Andrews to win the Progress Championship. So this is kind of uh, now they have you know even footing. Now they're not you know picking the bones after a long match or whatever. So not that's how we got here, and it's a ladder match, but they can't hang this big ass staff from the ceiling, I guess. So they have a, a clipboard with a piece of paper on it that says, I owe you a title or something like that. Yeah. It's it just hilarious. But so um, there's a lot going on in this match. Feel free to interrupt me whenever. Yeah. Um, like Just like the London riots, Jimmy Havoc has a ton of heat, more heat than anybody else in progress. Uh, lots of Jimmy, Jimmy, you're a cunt. A lot of a lot of those chants. Um, so they, they, creative in the UK. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you just gotta call a guy a cunt, you know. <laughs> no nonsense. But uh, they fight to the outside. It's a ladder match, but it's kind of a TLC match. Ultimately, they fight to the outside, and Andrews pulls out the world's flimsiest ladder I've ever seen. <laughs> it was literally like. It was one of those, I don't know what you call it. It's like when you're painting your walls in, in a room. So it's yeah. like not like a full ladder, but it like it's a kind of angled thing. And it's got to be, it can't be much taller than six feet tall. So it's like, you, how are you going to reach the, the clipboard here? But uh, Andrews pulls it out. Uh, he sets it up in the middle of the ring. He's like climbing. It's like rickety because it's such a skinny ass ladder. Um, but Havoc stops him. And Jimmy Havoc sets up the ladder in the corner and gives him a power bomb into the ladder. Uh, Jimmy Havoc get, gets to the outside and sets up a table, the first of many. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mark Andrews, they, they're like fighting. They're both standing on top of the table. Uh, Mark Andrews hits him with like a side effect, Uranagi type of move through it, um, which prompts Mark Andrews to finally pull out a big boy ladder to which the crowd chants, that's a ladder. So it's like, very good, Mark. You, you found a real ladder. The problem we have in the UK is we don't actually have any good ladders to use for wrestling. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> that is very true. So you all just have very small houses, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> and, and really bad ladders. Right. If, if, you, if you get a decent-sized ladder, you can. some of them only have steps on one side. Really? <laughs> that's man yeah, that's interesting so if you just want to clean your gutters you're just fucked <laughs> uh 
Um, so they uh, so he pulls out a big boy ladder, puts it in the middle of the ring. Mark Andrews starts to climb it, but Jimmy Havoc gets in there and pushes him off. Uh, Jimmy Havoc sets up yet another table on the outside, but this time ends up powerbombing Andrews off the apron through the table. That classic Dudley Boy style powerbomb. Um, Havoc, now that he has Andrews down, he goes in the ring, goes to climb the ladder that's set up. Uh, but Mark Andrews keeps getting back up, so Havoc gets frustrated and just keeps hopping off and throwing steel chairs at him and whatnot. Uh, they eventually fight to the stage area where they come out. Jimmy Havoc sets up another table in front of the stage, like in the aisle way. Um, Mark Andrews hits Jimmy Havoc with a kick to the face. And then Mark Andrews does a stage dive off the stage through the table through Jimmy Havoc just fits his character perfectly. Um, Mark Andrews gets back to the ring, but Jimmy Havoc's back up and he stops him from climbing the ladder. Uh, Jimmy Havoc sets up two chairs, lays Mark Andrews on these setup chairs, but uh, Andrews gets up and her and Conrana's Jimmy Havoc off the top rope through these two setup chairs. Just brutal. Have you ever taken a bump like that where you go through setup chairs? Um, yeah, uh, I think I took a double choke slam a few times through them. Um, Casual. I, I, is there a secret to it or you, is it just, just suck? <laughs> It, it just sucks, but to be honest, uh, just uh, taking a bump in the ring sucks. So it does, yeah. Like, uh, and and like taking the moves on ladders. The worst one I took was uh, a razor's edge onto a ladder in the corner, mm. and I managed to kind of bounce, break the ladder, and end up underneath the ladder. <laughs> oh, lucky you! <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, it looked pretty brutal. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so, uh, so Andrews, her and Karana's havoc through the table. So Andrews starts to climb the ladder once again, but the London riots who are pretty much kind of a unit with Jimmy havoc at this point, they come out, to stop Mark Andrews, which prompts out Eddie Dennis and Pete Dunn to come out to even the odds. Just funny. Like, Eddie Dennis at this point was such a bigger star than Pete Dunn, which is funny in hindsight, considering how their trajectories have gone. Um, like, I don't even know if anybody knew it was Pete Dunn, honestly, but uh, so th- those four, the four that are not in the match, they all fight to the back. So it just leaves Jimmy Havoc and Mark Andrews. Uh, lots of great drama here at the end where they're both on top of the ladder fighting each other. They're both like an arm's reach of the clipboard, but uh, no guy can uh, grab it and pull it down. They fight off the ladder. They both go to the top rope. Uh, Mark Andrews kicks Jimmy Havoc off the top rope through a table that's set out, set up outside. Uh, so Jimmy Havoc's out. He's on, he's through a table. He's on the floor. Mark Andrews has a clean lane to grab this clipboard. Then fucking Paul Robinson comes out. God damn it, that skinhead Paul Robinson. He comes out, grabs a chair, just tosses it at Andrews, beats the hell out of Mark Andrews. Then Paul Robinson picks up Jimmy Havoc, gives him a hug and a handshake, sends him on his way up the ladder, and Jimmy Havoc grabs the clipboard, pulls it down as Paul Robinson continues his attack with a steel chair onto Mark Andrews. Just a brutal end. 
And uh, I guess Jimmy Havoc is starting to build a somewhat, somewhat of a faction here. Paul Robinson is a huge heel now. It's a quick turn. The crowd is stunned. That's how. That's pretty much how the show ends. The crowd is just like, what the fuck just happened? And then the show ends. And uh, Jimmy Havoc retains the staff. So craziness. Craziness, this match. What you expect from Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose so. As far as ladder matches go, what do you think of this match? Yeah, I thought it was, it was, uh, it was good. The... As you say, I think they kind of used the tables a bit more than for, for me they should have done. Um, it was a bit excessive, I would agree. Yeah. When when you could have done done more creative ladder spots, I think um I think that would that would be the only negative thing really for me. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the fact that the the tease the the uh, the extra heel coming to to help Jimmy and then they got chased off and then they brought another one. I think that was uh, a good way to do it rather than yeah, just do one, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, um, yeah, Jimmy Havoc matches are always kind of like this, but definitely it, it maintains the heat, the heat that he has. Um, I always like a champion like this that feels like a guy on top of the mountain that you're trying to conquer, but he has his little minions in front of him. Um, so I like how they're kind of setting up his character here. He's feeling legit yeah. as champion at this point. Mark Andrews still looks great. And Paul Robinson is uh, pretty much a star at this point, I feel like. So, uh, yeah. So that brings the show to a close. Chapter 13. Um, but, yeah, once again, overall, what, what, were your, what were your thoughts on the show overall? Yeah, I thought it was good. I think, um, I think it was all paced, paced really well. Mm-hmm. Um, having... Um, Having the Zack Sabre Jr. match, um, and then you've got your your Jimmy Havoc match. It's such a big contrast, yeah, in styles. And I think it just I think it it worked brilliantly. Um, I think if you'd done it the other way around and used, do you know what I mean, Devitt as the as the big star in the main event, I think I think it would have they'd have been burnt out. So I think they've yeah I think everything kind of flowed really well mm-hmm. so yeah it was, it was a good show yeah very easy watch it was yeah. um it was, it was a fun watch too some shows you're like kind of looking at the clock like all right how much time's left but this show was not like that at all like you said it flowed very well it kind of seemed to have varying styles throughout um and yeah they're definitely progress at this point already has a huge buzz so um yeah. i think i think this was this was still I know it's chapter thirteen, so you're thirteen shows in. You're still still building progress to to what you know I mean it is now, mm-hmm. um, and what people got behind. So I think, um, yeah, I think it was definitely a steady build for for everybody in the company. I think absolutely, yeah, and I look forward to uh, keep on watching. But uh, yeah, so Shady, I appreciate you for making the time to uh, to watch the show. Come out, come on here and. Uh, talk to a naive American about some British wrestling. Uh, <laughs> no, it was a pleasure. I, I, you're more than welcome on any time. Um, so you guys at Target Wrestling, uh, are you guys uh, back and running or uh, wh- wh- what's your guys' status well, over there? We we were meant to have two shows last month and then last minute with government guidelines, we had to cancel them even though we had sold out. So hmm. that was uh, unfortunate. Um but as things stand at the moment, 
the UK is meant to kind of reopen on the 19th of this month. So um, I think the end of this month, we uh, should be back to it. And uh, I can't wait because I'm uh, getting desperate now. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the time this comes out, it might be uh, about that time. So, yeah. Anything else you want to plug, promote? Yeah, my social media, it's uh, at Shading Actress on Twitter. Or if you're on Facebook, it's Shading Actress on Facebook as well. Um, and I also have a, a YouTube uh, show that I put out every uh, Wednesday. Um, and that showcases... Uh, one of my previous matches and kind of has as I uh, I kind of have a little bit of discussion either about the match or a certain topic mm-hmm. um before and then I also I try and plug people that deserve to be plugged whether it's uh, wrestlers promotions um podcasts merch mm-hmm. um I uh, when uh, when we had lockdown in the, in the UK um I created Project Wrestling Unity mm-hmm. um, with the intention of being able to help share um, people's work, um, whether it's a wrestler's highlight video, a, a poster for a show, mm-hmm. um, let's say a podcast, merchandise. Um, I know I personally always used to think that um, if I was to share somebody's work it was for another reason mm-hmm. and it's not it's just um for me if we make wrestling better then it's better for everybody absolutely it's better for the wrestlers it's better for the promotions it's better for the fans and there's there isn't really a loser that way yeah so i i am wrestling's for me wrestling's really really simple mm-hmm. but a lot of people overcomplicate it with with attitudes and egos and things um right. as i say i just want I'm, I'm a wrestling fan at the end of the day mm-hmm. um and i have been for 30 years so yeah. i just want to to see the best wrestling i want me to put on the best wrestling i can put on um uh, on on uh, social media i'm offering free um uh, match critiques and feedback for for wrestlers. Um, mm. All they have to do is send us a, send me a DM and send us a, a video over, and I'll uh, I'll watch it. And I've got twenty years experience in British wrestling. I've I've worked with everybody from um, we say Martin Kirby to to Al Snow to to Paul London to Roderick Strong, yeah. um, Ricochet, uh, El Generico. The, the list goes on and Been on. around the block. Yeah, and I, I'm now comfortable um, and confident with my experience that I want to pass on stuff that I didn't get taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like I was saying earlier, um, wrestlers can see different things to other wrestlers. Um, if you did a, a seminar with John Cena, he would tell you something to a seminar with... Okada, mm-hmm. and neither right. of them is wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's just different different takes on wrestling, um, and I personally try to take as much as I can of everything. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I probably got most over just by being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but as long as you, yeah. <laughs> I have I have a, a t shirt that says "I hate wrestling fans." 
<laughs> you know what? I'm going to buy it as soon as we get off here. <laughs> That's as, as, as simple as it gets, and it works. Yeah. Because um, as soon as a wrestling fan sees that when I come out, mm-hmm. well, I know who's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Generally, I have a really miserable looking face. So I don't even have to try pulling facial expressions. I just uh-huh. have my regular face. And people think that I'm this moody wrestler who hates everything. Right. So it works for me. <laughs> hey, you made it work, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that's that, that's great that you do that with all your uh, your critiques of people's matches and stuff like that. And you're definitely very positive, you know, follow on social media, which is a breath of fresh air. Because like you said, a lot of people like to have egos and like to argue about, you know, this wrestling versus this wrestling. There's so much wrestling out there that it's like, you can find what you like. You can just watch yeah. it and shut the fuck up about it. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, your, your experience in the business is very val- valuable to anybody that's interested. Um, and it was very, uh, it was great to have you on this show as well. Um, loved having you on once again, would love to have you on again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've been, I've enjoyed it. It's uh Oh, I, I always like talking wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's always it's always fun for me. And uh yeah. Got get to watch a wrestling show and talk about wrestling. So doesn't get better than that. <laughs> Once again, thank you so much to Shady Natris for joining me on this show. The franchise player Shady Natris. Tons of fun having him on. Really, really cool to get his insight on a lot of this stuff. I love having podcasters on, but sometimes it's just, it's invaluable to have somebody really involved in the business join me in, especially something with such a direct tie like Shady has to the UK wrestling scene. So lots of fun. And uh, if you enjoy these progress reviews, if you're a relatively new listener, feel free to check out apronbump.com. Go to the episodes tab, click on progress wrestling. And that'll bring up all of the chapters thus far that I've covered, 1 through 13. So like I said in the in the intro, progress is just so much fun to watch, so much fun to talk about. And uh, it's a modern alternative, man. There's a lot of alternatives out there for you to watch. You don't just need to watch WWE and AEW. There's stuff like progress out there that is just, I keep saying it, but it's just an easy easy fun time to watch and ultimately that's why we watch wrestling is to have fun huh let's make wrestling fun again is a little little tagline on my uh, little thing there but that about does it uh like i said apronbump.com for all my episodes all my social media check out my youtube as well for the video version of this episode and all my episodes check out all of shady's info in the description, as well as Target Wrestling. Give them a follow ski. A lot of good stuff over there by uh, both Shady and Target Wrestling. Yeah, that's all Daddy has for you today. I don't know. I don't know. Why did I? I don't know. I was about to break out in a song there, but I'm a little hungry. I don't know. I don't know if I have the energy, but uh, thank you guys <laughs> once again for listening. I love you all. Smooches, smooches, smooches. I'm hard. Yeah. It's a hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Ship you off the ground, show you the hardest. Standing strong and proud of it.